Hi there, it's Lucia, host of the Witch Money podcast here. Before we start today's episode, I just wanted to tell you about a really handy new tool from us here at Witch, and even better, it's free. It's called My Money Health Check. All you need to do is answer a few quick questions about your finances, and then we'll do the rest, pointing you towards our brilliant witch advice that we think you'll find really useful. Once again, that's My Money Health Checks. If you want help with cutting your bills or making your money go further, it's the place for you. Just head to witch.co.uk forward slash My Money Health Check. is 2009. Less than 12 months earlier, the world had gone into financial meltdown. Banks had gone bust, entire countries went bankrupt, and there was an air of hopelessness around the world. Normal people, like you and me, we weren't the ones at fault, but we had to deal with the consequences. Then, out of nowhere, on the 9th of January, a new currency was born. Its name was Bitcoin, and it was founded by a mysterious computer scientist named Satoshi Nakamoto. It was the globe's first decentralized cryptocurrency. Many people believe Bitcoin was created as an anti-establishment alternative, since the way it was built means it isn't owned or managed by any one person or authority. It was branded as a new way to pay, And while back then only a few intrigued traders and idealists jumped on board, fast forward 13 years and it's clear Bitcoin is here to stay. These days, Bitcoin is just one of many cryptocurrencies, but it was its creation that kick-started the boom in digital money. Every year, more and more people want a piece of the action. Take the US, for example, where 34 million adults claim to own cryptocurrency in one form or another. Many see it as an investment and a way of increasing their income. And that's no surprise. You don't have to go far to find stories of ordinary people, usually on social media, who allegedly became millionaires overnight thanks to smart crypto investments. They make success look easy, but the reality for most is quite different. Fraudsters operate in the shadows, and value is anything but stable. I'm Grace Farrell, and this week's Witch Investigates asks How did crypto go mainstream? Investigates is a podcast from the UK's Consumer Champion. We work to make life simpler, fairer and safer for everyone. After two successful seasons, we're back with new episodes every fortnight as we dive deeper into the issues that matter to you. If you've got something you'd like us to investigate, get in touch. Find us at Witch UK on social media or you can email us at podcasts at witch.co.uk. Coming 
Coming up, I learn why so many people are drawn in by this new way to pay. Initially, as I think most people are aware, it was more of an ideological thing. So the community around it was quite idealistic, perhaps quite anarchistic in nature, didn't really trust the government or existing financial systems and found the idea of this new type of currency and new blockchain technology that it was running on quite liberating for political reasons. We hear how big business, celebrities and sporting stars are getting involved. There was a report in one of the sports uh, papers recently which showed that out of the 20 Premier League clubs, 19 of them have connections with either crypto NFTs or fan tokens. So it is very prevalent. The value of the deals are significant. And we explore the dark underside of a craze that's leaving people out of pocket. So Sabaya, quite typical of many young investors, 29 years old, he got into crypto last year kind of through peer pressure because his friends were all making money. He was actually considering quitting his job. Thank goodness he didn't. He borrowed thousands of dollars on credit cards. So he lost all of the money that he had invested into that coin. But of course, he still has the reality of thousands of pounds worth of credit card debt that he's now going to pay off. Now, I want to level with you. The world of cryptocurrency is confusing. There's plenty of terms you'll hear today that you may not have heard before, but I'll presume we're all familiar with Bitcoin. Hi, my name's Faye Lipson and I'm a witch expert on scams, fraud and data privacy. It's Faye's deep dive into the mysterious world of crypto that provided the inspiration for this episode. I asked her why Bitcoin continues to prove attractive to so many people. Initially, as I think most people are aware, it was more of an ideological thing. So the community around it was quite idealistic, perhaps quite anarchistic in nature, didn't really trust the government or existing financial systems and found the idea of this new type of currency and new blockchain technology that it was running on quite liberating for political reasons. And what we've seen over the last decade and a bit actually is a real normalising of this technology and this type of currency. How crypto made the jump from obscurity into the public consciousness is at the heart of today's episode. But for a bit of background, let's hear more about blockchain. Cryptocurrency runs on blockchain, which is, you know, a newer type of database, which is essentially it's unalterable and it's not owned by anybody. So if I transact on the blockchain, I buy a Bitcoin, nobody can then go in after me and change that. That transaction is in the blockchain forever. It's an immutable record. So Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are simply a type of digital money that that runs on this newer type of database. I own this Bitcoin. It's there in the digital ledger forever. It's the blockchain that means would-be investors know what they're getting and who they're purchasing from. Rather than regular cash being monitored by a central bank or government, the blockchain effectively takes on this role. Since Bitcoin launched, a number of other blockchain-based cryptocurrencies have followed. Some of the biggest are Ethereum, Tether and Dogecoin. There's widespread appeal on lots of different levels of 
crypto assets. I mean, firstly, there is the opportunity to make some money and speculate. And I think that has been driving quite a lot of the interest over the last few years. But, you know, secondly, there is a whole new way of dealing with currency, which could potentially change the way we all pay for things going forward. And I think, you know, crypto assets, cryptocurrencies are here to stay in one form or another. This is James Daly, a journalist, campaigner and the founder of Fairer Finance, an organisation who, as their name suggests, create fairer financial services markets for consumers. He told me more about the psychology of the people at the forefront of the digital currency wave. Crypto comes along, they're looking at the graphs, they all seem to be going in the right direction and everyone's saying, you should get on this, we can make loads of money. And then people like Elon Musk come in and start lending their weight to it and saying they're going to accept crypto to pay for their cars. And suddenly it all you know, snowballs into something that it would be easy for consumers to think, this is legit, it's turned the corner, Tesla's accepting it, I'd be crazy not to get in now. It's a story as old as time. Whenever a new craze or trend comes on the market, people want to be part of it. But there's one important difference with crypto. Being part of it will impact your finances, sometimes for better, but often for worse. For some extra listening, you can check out the Witch Money podcast episode, Should You Invest in NFTs?, I'll put a link in the description of this podcast. But for now, let's circle back to how crypto went from residing in a dark corner of the internet to being the currency of choice for millions, including some countries. Yes, in April this year, Bitcoin became the official currency of the Central African Republic. And other nations, including the UK, are studying the viability of launching their own central bank digital currency – Ironic, given crypto's original anti-establishment purpose. But putting central banks aside, is there enough awareness of what the individual, quote-unquote, investors are actually getting into? Last summer, the Financial Times reported that while more than three quarters of UK adults are now aware of digital currencies, Financial Conduct Authority figures found that out of that group, 30% couldn't correctly pick the definition of cryptocurrencies from a list of statements. And what's worse, that level of understanding was actually lower than the previous year. So while interest in crypto had gone up, knowledge had actually reduced. Still, people don't really understand what it's all about. And when you have a situation where awareness is high but understanding is low, that's rarely a good thing in my experience. So it's not surprising then that this combination can lead to dangerous results. I'm Claire Barrett. I'm the FT's consumer editor and I present the weekly Money Clinic podcast. Claire spoke to us from her busy Financial Times office in London. She told us about Sabaya and the problems he's facing because of crypto investments. So Sabaya, quite typical of many young investors, 29 years old. He got into crypto last year, kind of through peer pressure because his friends were all making money. He is an IT worker in Bangalore. So as a young man over there, he's earning quite good money. When Sabaya first started investing in crypto, he made money. Everything was going up. He made money very easily. As a young investor, if this is your first time investing in anything, whether it's shares or crypto, 
If you make a lot of money early on, you kind of think, well, you know, this is easy. He was actually considering quitting his job. Thank goodness he didn't. Early on in his crypto trades, he thought, well, if I could invest more money, I could make more money. So he borrowed thousands of dollars on credit cards, invested it into Luna, this stable coin, anything but stable, as it turned out, that basically crashed down to earth in May of this year. So he lost all of the money that he had invested into that coin. But of course, he still has the reality of thousands of pounds worth of credit card debt that he's now going to pay off. Now, we should add a disclaimer here that not everyone loses money on crypto. Lots of people have made money, but that wouldn't be regarded as the norm. Though to be fair, you'd be forgiven for thinking it was. Coming up next, we'll be looking at the celebrities who are endorsing cryptocurrency to their fans and the ones who are failing to mention the risks associated with this kind of investing. More after this. Hi there, Rob here. Now, I'm the producer of Witch Investigates, but I wanted to tell you about one of our other podcasts here at Witch. It's called Witch Shorts, and every week we bring you the very best of our articles from across witch.co.uk and our various magazines. With expert narration, we make these available for you to listen to, wherever you might be, covering everything from travel to money, tech, gardening, and more. Now, we release new episodes every Wednesday, so just search Witch Shorts wherever you're listening to this podcast. This week on Witch Investigates, we're asking how crypto went mainstream. Here's Claire from the FT again. There's always been this connection, this melting pot of hype, celebrity, fame, social media, and crucially, the thing pulling it all together is the desire to have a rich person's lifestyle, the wealth and the trappings of wealth that that brings, the cars, the bundles of cash, the foreign holidays, the phalanx of beauties or hunks that might be surrounding you. And Instagram and TikTok especially are very visual platforms. It's all about the image, it's all about the video, and as well as selling As Claire says, you don't have to look far on social media to find crypto companies using celebrities to advertise their products. Matt Damon, Reese Witherspoon, Gwyneth Paltrow, they were all early crypto boosters, a term coined, no pun intended, by the New York Times. This year's Super Bowl was even renamed by some as the Crypto Bowl. I mean, we're talking about the most watched annual global sports event. And why was that? Because so many ads, which can cost as much as $7 million for just 30 seconds, featured celebrities promoting it. Here's a clip of an ad featuring Matt Damon for a platform called Crypto.com. History is filled with almosts. With those who almost adventured, who almost achieved, but ultimately, for them it proved to be too much. Then there are others, the ones who embrace the moment and commit. A Harvard Business School study, and you can't argue with those, found that celebrity endorsements increase a company's sales by an average of 4% relative to its competition. So it makes sense that companies want to get involved, including sports teams. My name's Kieran Maguire from the University of Liverpool. 
I'm a specialist in sports finance and therefore have come into contact with the world of cryptocurrency, NFTs and fan tokens quite a lot in the last couple of years. Kieran is one of the world's leading experts in sports finance and the perfect person to talk to about the sports industry's relationship with crypto. My first thought was a curious one. Like everybody else, I learned most of what I found out from Google. And the broad premise of cryptocurrencies, which is decentralization of finance, has some merit. I think it's fair to say that initially I was at worst agnostic, but curiously positive. It's manifested itself in a slightly different way. The way that the industry has materialized and used sport since the two sort of became close bedfellows. There was a report in one of the sports papers recently, which showed that out of the 20 Premier League clubs, 19 of them have connections with either crypto NFTs or fan tokens. So it is very prevalent. The value of the deals are significant. According to Forbes, one crypto exchange is paying the current champions, Manchester City, upwards of £16 million just to sponsor their training kit. Football has really adopted crypto in a big, big way. Almost every team in the Premier League had promoted either a cryptocurrency or an NFT or both. And almost all of those that had been promoted had really plummeted in value and left fans, you know, really losing out on their investments. So this is huge. People are seeing this from their favourite celebrities. People are seeing this on football shirts. People are seeing this on their commute to work, on posters on the tube. It's really everywhere. By allowing these crypto brands to advertise to millions of people, it's not surprising that interest in the platform continues to grow. Some of sport's most well-loved names have lent their faces to these ad campaigns. I actually spoke to an individual who invested after seeing quite a notorious tweet from Harry Redknapp, former football manager, in 2017. He said that everyone should get excited about mobile cryptocurrency. And he was kind of celebrating a particular currency called Electronium, which this individual who I spoke to then went and invested in. So these kinds of tweets do have real world impact. We took a look ourselves. And at the time of recording, the value of Electronium had crashed significantly since Harry Redknapp's tweet, down 98.6%. And that's the thing. What the ads don't tell you, unless you read the microscopic small print that's sometimes available on screen, is that the value can go down as well as up. Some of the claims that they are making are outlandish. The idea that if you invest in my NFT, it can't lose value is just a crazy claim from anybody that that sits in the, the real world of investing. There is no such thing as an asset that can't lose money and there never will be. Ultimately, you know, it's all assets have a price and a value. It's something we heard about from Claire when she told us Sabaya's story earlier. So the question is then, do these well-known personalities deserve some blame for misleading consumers? The football industry will plead poverty. The football industry will say, well, we are putting out notes of caution. And indeed, if you do read the small print, you will see that they do say, well, yeah, this is not an investment product. The chances are that you will lose money on the back of it. Therefore, they feel that they've covered their base by taking such an approach. You then move into the world of social media and it's uh, crypto experts, traders. I made my first million from this 
and social media is the problem rather than the clubs and the individuals getting involved. I'm willing to give these sports people and celebrities the benefit of the doubt and say that they've effectively had people explain it to them in, in a simplistic way and they've been taken in by it and they felt like it is a reasonable for them to lend their name to. But ultimately, they have been misguided. Again, it's that point around a lack of awareness and understanding. And this time, it's not from the people spending their hard-earned money to get involved in what they perceive to be an exciting opportunity, but from the people who lend their own personal brand to advertising and who, maybe unintentionally, mislead their own fans into parting with their cash. I don't honestly know if celebrities and, let's face it, the management teams, the agents, the people who are paid huge amounts of money to manage the sponsorships and the financial affairs of the celebrities, I don't really know if they understand it. I think what they do understand are all of the zeros that are no doubt on the checks from the promoters, from the cryptocurrency platforms and other associated um, parts of the crypto industry because they understand the value of celebrity endorsement. It's all pretty bleak, and you might be wondering, why on earth has this been allowed to happen? How can celebrities endorse a product they know nothing about? How can crypto brands allegedly make misleading claims about what investors are buying into? Well, the answer is pretty simple. Cryptocurrency is, at least for now, unregulated. Obviously, the FCA can't get involved in the same way in cryptocurrency. A reminder, the FCA is the Financial Conduct Authority. It's their role to regulate the 50,000-plus financial services firms and financial markets in the UK. So there's a lot of misinformation flying around, and so the risks are just greater there. Whereas, you know, if we're talking about some kind of listed investment or fund or something like that, it will be subject to all the warnings and the protections in place for users of the platforms. And, and none of that infrastructure exists there for crypto at the moment. But right now, it is the Wild West, and so you have to be very careful. James wasn't the only person to make that comparison. It's giving investment a bad name because more and more people are thinking investment is gambling. This is the Wild West crypto. The good news is that this all looks set to change. In April this year, the government set out plans to make the UK what they called a global crypto asset technology hub. As part of these plans, digital currency would be brought under regulation, paving the way for their use in the UK as a recognised form of payment. What we are expecting to see at some point in the future is that cryptocurrency will be regulated. This is something the government has said it will do, and that will make things much clearer for ordinary people. However, this is something that doesn't have a definite timeline at the moment. Nobody's quite sure when this is going to be announced, but this is something that will happen in the future. Some of the largest financial institutions have taken things into their own hands. In 2018, the UK's largest banking group, Lloyds, became the first and only bank to ban the purchase of crypto on its credit cards because of fears that customers wouldn't be able to repay their debt. But here's the thing. Until regulation does happen, the door is left open for scammers to take advantage of the lack of knowledge that exists around crypto. According to a report released this summer by the Federal Trade Commission in America, 
46,000 people said they'd lost a combined billion dollars to crypto scams since the start of 2021. That was 60 times higher than in 2018. We spoke to Faye about some of the most prevalent scams doing the rounds at the moment. YouTubers become notorious for YouTubers promoting what's called a pump and dump scheme. So this is where a coin is launched and the whole idea is that the founders of the coin will kind of artificially boost the value of the coin by getting lots of people to promote it and then they'll sell up and make money and then all of the people that have bought it subsequently will lose money as it crashes in value. As we heard previously, well-known personalities can also become involved. There are cases where celebrities and public figures have backed something which has turned out later on to be a scam. And on that subject, sometimes a celebrity's image will even be used without their knowledge. There are a world of fake Dragon's Den adverts with Deborah Mead and, and, and a world of things with Martin Lewis on them, claiming that these people have endorsed a trading platform for crypto or something like that and have done nothing of the sort. It's completely fake. And in fact, in many cases, there's no cryptocurrency at all, not even a fraudulently set up one. And the fraudster will show you a completely fake trading platform that they've made where it looks like you've got holdings in cryptocurrency and it looks like they're going up and up all the time. It's completely fake and controlled by the fraudster. And really, this is just a handful of examples. There are so many more out there. If you see anything that looks like this and you think it's suspicious, you should report it to Action Fraud. I'll pop a link about this in the show notes. So without regulation, it's up to us, the consumer, to decide when something looks too good to be true. It's not exactly a fail-safe method. But there's also the Advertising Standards Authority, who are currently acting as a stand-in gatekeeper, looking for misleading claims and adverts or social media posts and banning them. We heard how sports teams have been implicated in crypto, and Arsenal Football Club fares pretty badly. It's the third worst company all round for breaches concerning crypto ads. Another infamous one is Crypto.com, which is the platform Matt Damon was advertising earlier. Here's what the ASA told us when we spoke to them. Their words here are voiced by one of our journalists. We welcome the government's announcement on strengthening the rules around fungible crypto assets. Bringing the regulation of ads for such products in line with other financial products will provide more certainty and bolster protections for consumers. Crypto asset ads remain a priority for us and we've been conducting proactive monitoring to find issues and draft guidelines on responsible advertising. We also spoke to Crypto.com about their various ad breaches. They said they immediately withdrew advertisements in the UK market, which were flagged by the ASA, adding that it appreciates the collaborative engagement with the ASA and regularly refines its marketing efforts to align with the ASA's guidance, ensuring full transparency for our customers. The short summary is this. Crypto needs regulation, sooner rather than later. And as the stats show, while there is money to be made for some, education is clearly needed to make sure people know exactly what the risks are and what kind of financial losses could be made. Essentially, it is education and regulation. The problem is the wheels of 
government don't turn very quickly. So it can take years from sort of spotting a market that needs regulating to actually getting the legislation in place to get them covered by the Financial Conduct Authority. And while our social feeds continue to be populated by get-rich-quick crypto schemes, maybe it's time for those who ended up on the less fortunate side of the coin to speak up too. Now, what we're not seeing, of course, is people telling the other side of that story and saying, actually, I've lost lots of money, or I'm now in trouble, or I took out debt, I borrowed to invest, and it's all come undone. What do I do? And that's what worries me. We live in a society where people can smoke cigarettes, and that comes with a health warning. I think there's not enough of a health warning in relation to these products. Until regulation comes in, and this is actually just good advice generally, act with caution, because crypto is a game of luck. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. We'll be back in a fortnight. We're loving bringing you these new episodes. And if you're enjoying them, then please do leave us a rating and a review wherever you're listening. And feel free to spread the word to your family and friends. We've got new content going live every day on witch.co.uk. And you can also sign up for our free email newsletters. They're packed with advice about money saving, being a more sustainable consumer and getting the most out of your home. Don't forget to take a listen to our other podcasts too. Just search for Witch Money and Witch Shorts wherever you're listening. Today's episode was presented by me, Grace Farrell, written and produced by Rob Lilly. Editing and original music is by Eric Breer and our executive producer is Angus Farker. Special thanks this week go to Faye Lipson, Lauren Dietz and the rest of the team here at Witch. And I'll be back soon for our next investigation. 